You are alive to shine. I'm Beth. And I'm Kate. And this is The Shine Podcast, where we meet lots of different people and hear about the ways that they light up the world. And here's why we're doing this. We've been changed and affected by people who shine with the love of Jesus. And the world needs people like that and like you right now. So be encouraged and let your light shine. That's why I like you, Gloria. Why? You know, it's no must, no fuss. <laughs> why not told her? I mean, these aren't professionals. They're just me sewing. This is the one I'm making. I know she and Carrie are like extraordinaires. This plexus active is much larger than I remembering. Oh my gosh, it's like so appropriate that we scheduled Gloria for the Christmas season because okay, she just now. comes in with like she's, endless she's gifts. Like, and... I can go now because I, you know. No, but look at all this fun. There's more? Oh my goodness. This is... For those of you who cannot see, it's like Christmas morning in the podcast studio with Gloria, who oh has my gosh. quilting bags and diamond dot bookmarks and hot pads. Wait, do and, I just get to run through here? And I thought I was doing good bringing you pink drink today. <laughs> I do feel like, though, without fail, anytime we're talking on the phone, it always ends up being about Carrie's next meal. What can I tell you? <laughs> It's a never-ending journey. Do you cook? Do I three cook? Three meals a day? Are you serious? Who do you think you really? are? You do? No. Oh, I was like, wow, I'm so impressed. Get a life. I'm... <laughs> <laughs> you told Carrie to get a life. Hey, he has to cook breakfast. He, he likes to see the kids come home because that's usually what I cook. Other than that, oh. it's if you find it, you can eat it. Because... Is there a box of cereal in the drawer? Well, that happens, too. Do you ever have okay. golden grams? That's a sugar no. cereal, which we do not buy. And <laughs> I'm not saying yeah, we I, ever have golden grams in our house. But over the Christmas season, they were like, buy one, get two free. And so I was like, I'm doing it. I don't have cereal. And I was so proud of myself and excited. I was like, oh, my gosh, throwback. And then Chris was like, ew, what did you buy? This yes. is terrible. I was like, oh, I didn't, I didn't realize people did not like golden grams. Doesn't everyone like golden grams? Like, they're a sugar cereal. Everyone likes those. No? We did not get golden grams. We got Cheerios, Rice Krispies, and cornflakes. And my <laughs> kids grew up with the same. And sometimes when I went out of town for work, they called it Daddy Daycare Day. And Mark would go and buy <laughs> sugar cereal for the kids. So they thought it was so yeah. amazing. Well, yeah, the troublemakers here. We're having a quilting here. party. The troublemakers here. Your chauffeur, your chariot. <laughs> I don't drive at night. So, okay. Let's are get this ready? show on. I'm ready whenever. These are giant. Listen, the plexus that I'm talking about that I've had at the house, the pink drink stuff, it's like half this size. I have like little packets of this big. Oh, you're not getting the full deal. Am I not? No. Oh, my. You pour this entire thing into that? Yes. Oh, my goodness. Oh my. And you'll be up all night. I'm not drinking this Chris now. Chris will be annoyed. <laughs> <laughs> Welcome, Shine Podcast listeners. It's Angelica. It's, I've used this before. It's Katrina. It works. Does Wait, that sound Ia, like a... Katrina? <laughs> Katrina. Katrina. And we are here with Gloria Pitt. It's the Pitts. Who is nodding her head in disbelief. Yes. Our funny, feisty... <laughs> why, why did I even... Yes. Humorous Gloria. Uh, Welcome, Gloria. 
Thank mm. you. We're so glad you're here. She brought her chauffeur. He's going to behave over there in the corner. Doubt it. <laughs> Gloria was born and raised in New Wilmington, Pennsylvania, to great parents. She has two brothers and one sister. Her sister went home to be with the Lord in 1978, but her brothers are still with her. She's had a great childhood. She has lots of good memories and lots of stories. She graduated from Wilmington Area High School in 1963. She had no desire to go to college. Back then, she says your only options was A, to be a nurse. And she says, I pass out of the sight of blood. Or B, be a teacher. And she says, no way. (laughs) So instead... She went directly into the working world where she was bank teller at New Wilmington. Oh. And then it was sold to First National Bank of Newcastle. It was the New Wilmington Depositors is where I started. She was a bookkeeper, posting checks, and then became a teller. She's got lots of stories from her teller years. She had her appendix attack at work, got sent to the hospital, and came home the day that President Kennedy was assassinated. So that was forever branded in your mind. Yeah. She, she married her husband, Carrie, in she married her husband, Carrie, in 1969. And so they're coming up on 53 years. Carrie Pitt was on our November 1st podcast. So if you haven't got a chance, check Carrie out. Go He's listen. got great stories. So, so yes. stop and think. He mentioned the other night, it'll be 53 years in February. So it'll be 2-22-22. Oh my gosh. You better have double celebration on that day. That's what I told him. (laughs) She met Carrie when he was working at GM and she was working in the bank. She said she took all his money then and she's still doing it now. (laughs) Her and Carrie lived in Austin town for 27 years before moving down this way. And she says sometimes people took them as brother and sister. Why? They did. They thought you were siblings. They they think we look alike. They must need glasses. (laughs) And I mean, we really shocked some people at the one church that we went to after we were married. Kissing in the back. You know, it was when they were taking pictures for the director. And we had Tracy, our youngest, and this little old lady was sitting there. And I forget how she she said something. I said, well, no, that's my son. And her face just, you know, like that looked like astonished. I said, we're not brother and sister. You were part of the rumor mill problem. Yeah, we're not not brother and sister. Carrie and Gloria have three amazing grown children. Their son, Tracy, who's a doctor, is married to Sonny, who's also a doctor. Mm -hmm. And they have two grandkids from them. Eliana, who's 15, and Mason, who's 12. Mason is His their special grandson. Down. Yeah, he's got Down syndromes. Syndrome. And they live in Cincinnati. Their son, Daniel, is married to Sarah. And they have a son, Aiden, who's 12. And they live in Austintown. He's a contractor and busy, busy, busy. Gloria <laughs> yes. says he's a carbon copy of his dad. Oh, yeah. <laughs> and their daughter, Debbie, who's also a doctor, but not a medical doctor. She has her PhD mm. in history. Amazing resumes from your kids. Yeah, really. Yeah, I don't know where they got it. She's married to Brent, and they have two children, Lillian, 17, and Danny, 14. Gloria is an amazing artist. She brought her store to us today, so we get to go shopping. (laughs) She does diamond dots. She reads. She sews. She says nothing fancy, but if you see her work, it looks very fancy. fancy. (laughs) She makes quilted purses and quilted pot holders and quilted whatever. Whatever. She's amazing. (laughs) They're very creative. 
She likes to do crafts and she's into ancestry and knows where her family has come from for many, many mm-hmm. generations. Her and Carrie came to the upper room in 2015 after leaving a church they had been at for 43 years. After visiting other churches, they landed here and they have been a great addition to our upper room family. They are in mm-hmm. our Sunday school class. Gloria is involved with Helping Hands. She writes all of our cards for Christmas and birthdays and anniversaries and she knows how old everyone in this church is. is. You can't get away from it. (laughs) I know. You don't think I'm 38? Yeah. (laughs) Nope. Gloria is very organized (laughs) and annoys her husband with some of her organization. She loves to plan things and she likes to plan in advance. Yes. She's a planner. She's an open book for those who know He's her. Pl- she's feisty. She's funny. <laughs> she's festive. And we are so blessed to have you here on the show today. So yeah. I'm happy to be here, but I lie a lot. <laughs> <laughs> I want to hear about Carrie's pickup lines at the bank. No, you don't. <laughs> Oh, what? You, you picked him up? You have I the pickup line. Pick you, you liked his paycheck. <gasps> well, that was not bad. <laughs> but I liked his car also. God, Dorothy. Oh, it was nice. And I thought he was younger than I was. Okay. But I'm six months younger than he is. Oh. So he was robbing the cradle. <laughs> so six months. Tell us, Gloria, who or what turned your light on? You know, I went to church from young until till we got married. And I can't say, and it was the Methodist church in a Presbyterian town. I mean, go figure. You know, I knew God, but I really didn't know that you had to ask him into your life. I, I had a good upbringing that way. So I guess really my light was turned on when we were married and we had our first son. And I said, okay, we can't keep going back and forth to New Wilmington to church, and we've got to find a church here. And we went to a Methodist church in Cornersburg, and the preacher there really laid it out, and and they got rid of him because he did. And they weren't happy when he told them, you know, you got to know the Lord or... He shared the message of salvation? Yeah, he did. And so, I mean, basically that is, I can't say when I really accepted Christ, but it was there. I mean, there was no big monumental explosion when they moved him. And then the other one that they brought in, we looked at each other and I was like, nope, we can't stay here. So we moved on. But I mean, that's basically where my, I guess you could say that my light was turned on was by that pastor. And then we moved on when we built our home in Austin Town. Then we went to the Tabernacle. Well, then it was Tabernacle Presbyterian, but it's now Tabernacle EPC Church, where we were for 40 some years. And then we came down south. Is it south? You know, we had a lot of great experiences there. At that time, when we went to Tabernacle, they had a pastor, Dr. Bob Mahalan. He was fabulous. You know, he never never said, take my word for anything I'm preaching. You go check it out. You look it up. You read it. So he pointed you back to the Bible. So he, you know, that was the first place where there were altar calls, people being slain in the spirit, which kind of blew your mind when you had no inkling of what was going on. And that was where also he, uh, well, I guess at that time, the Holy Spirit, you know, you know, I was baptized as an, as an infant, but I had to make that public commitment. So then I did that at Tabernacle. Mm-hmm. It was 
rebaptized and made my commitment there. So then we just went on from there until two, then something, we moved down here and I was becoming a Sunday Christian because I wasn't driving back and forth to Austin Town because I didn't drive at night. It was just going to be too much. We knew we had to be down here somewhere. And that's when we started looking. And lucky you guys, you got us. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Oops, sorry. No such thing as luck. Oh. Anyway, that's when basically it. When you started it. learning about the Holy Spirit and you made a decision as an adult to get baptized, mm-hmm. had a new experience with things of the Holy Spirit, how did that change the way you and Carrie lived and raised your family? Well, it just brought us closer together. I, it was easy. The Lord always came first. When you have, you know, three kids going different directions at baseball times and soccer games and school functions, and we had a good life. We had, well, we still do, but we don't have the kids with us now. So tell us, so, Gloria, what lights you up? Well, as Gary said, they're going to ask you that question. Tell them your grandchildren, but they do. We're big on family. I really like to have family, and we've really missed it for the last couple of years. And us traveling to Cincinnati or Wheelersburg. We only have one in Austin Town, so we see him and the Grand Aiden a lot. We've missed having times. But as Carrie said, too, the best lights at Christmas time are the taillights going down my driveway. When you have two, you know, being by yourselves all the time, when you have your kids coming in or I have all of them home at the same time, it's like, don't you have somewhere to go or someplace <laughs> to see? And usually it's, I want to tell my three kids to go somewhere, leave the grandkids, because sometimes the confusion gets to be that my kids are causing the confusion, not my grandkids. Basically, yeah. And it's just helping people, serving, mm-hmm. doing things. That's really what, what I enjoy doing, what I like to do. What about all this crafting? Your work is amazing. Well... I've always loved crafts. Matter of fact, I've gotten saw something on Pinterest the other day, and I thought, hmm, that sounds interesting. So I will be trying that shortly. <laughs> what was that? Well, I am a collector of angels, I guess you could say, seeing that I have one in every window in my home. And your name is Gloria. I know. Hey. But it was made out of that foamy stuff. And you just cut strips, and then you make an angel out of it. It looks so cute. I ought to be able to do that. So do you feel like you're catching up on all the creativity now after having three kids and running a ton? I can't imagine you had a lot of time. Are you, like, making up for... I don't know if I'm making up for it. Even when the kids were there, you know, I mean, I probably read a lot and I did a lot of kind of cross-stitch. See, I can do two, three things at the same time. I would be doing kind of cross-stitch and watching a television show and maybe talking to somebody on the phone and he's going, Really? That's a gift. <laughs> yeah. I mean, I, I'm I'm just that way. I've always been, if I see something I like, I just want to learn how to do that. Now I'm into the diamond dots, big diamond dots, because it's so much like kind of cross-stitch, except you're just sticking these little things. You don't and, have to worry about carpal tunnel. No, you know, because you're not having that wrist moment that you do with kind of cross-stitch. It's primarily picking up a dot and sticking it on the glue. I have found those really effective for quiet and focus. That's very helpful to me. Well, see, I do that too. I'll either doing something. The Christian songs, the the praise songs and stuff are really what center, center me. I can't go to sleep until I have my music on. I know when I'll have a good night's sleep and when I don't, because if I don't have it on, then I don't sleep well. 
put the timer on the TV and it's like, I'll set it for 30 minutes and I maybe hear two songs and singing with it. Next thing I know, it's morning. But you find like your crafting does that too? Yeah, it does. It does. I've noticed that like when I'm baking, I mean, I know baking isn't crafting, but I've noticed that it's... But it is. It's a way to... I found that baking is really good for prayer. It's really good for my prayer life. (laughs) Kate, make me some cookies. (laughs) But baking and praying always go well together. Yeah, it does, especially if you've never made the recipe before. And it's like, okay, Lord, this is better. (laughs) You know, yes. Then we eat it, and it's like, is it a keeper or is it a throwaway? (laughs) And then he probably will say, it's not bad, but I won't ask you to make it again. So I enjoy cooking. And then it's delicious. Yeah. Did you serve a lot at Tabernacle? I mean, were you involved? Yeah, I was involved up there. When the kids were little, you know, the community, we had a big vacation Bible school. So the one director was there for a while, and then when she quit, then I stepped into there. So I was a director for a couple years. Yeah, kitchen help. But then when we moved on here, I got away from all of that. And Mm. it's like I said, I, I... just kind of became that we'll go to church on Sunday and come home, and that was it until the following Sunday. I, and I didn't like that. Yeah. I didn't like that. I feel like it's really, this is just personal opinion, not trying to offend anybody here, but I feel like it's so good to be at a church that is close to your home or your living situation. Because then you can well, you can see, live a full church life, which I think is important. You can be involved in well, where tabernacle yeah, where tabernacle is is on Raccoon Road. Yeah, our house was right behind Tabernacle, so I mean we could walk down through the backyard and be at the church. So it was easy to be involved, and he was involved. You know, a lot of things, which which kind of brought it to a head because when we decided to leave, in talking, you know, he says. Well, I was staying because of you, because of your friends and stuff. And I said, well, I was staying because of you, because you had made the commitment. He was a deacon at the time. And, you know, he helped um, like he does down here, you know, if something needed to be done. It was So we found out that we were really just staying there for each other, not really staying there for the Lord. The Lord moved us out of it. And he does that. It's true. Yeah. It's just hard to be involved and be in community when your community is 40 minutes away. Well, I was a stay-at-home mom until our daughter went away to college. And then I just happened to fall into this part-time job at Dick Agate's Florist in Austin Town. That was a ways to travel at nighttime like that. He wasn't happy about it. I said, it's really not worth it. I wasn't making the big bucks to keep it. It was just something to do to get me out of the house. I said, okay. In this season in your life right now, how are you letting your light shine? Now that you're not a Dick Adgate florist. (laughs) I really don't know. I mean, it's just kind of like what I said. It's just being involved in doing... It's kind of doing the birthday cards because I really, right now, though, I'm having trouble putting a face to the name sometimes, you know. It's like, okay, they're new and I don't know. Yeah, you're going to laugh at this. I am a shy person. No, I don't believe you. I was very shy. At two? (laughs) I would not go up and talk to anybody on my own. Well, that certainly has stopped. But anyway... So, I mean, you know, if I do see someone that I'm not sure of, I will go up and just butt in, ask for information. and Good, um, I like it. You're a section greeter. 
Well, I haven't really got back into that, but I was. It's hard with the COVID thing because you really don't get to interact with people as far as what you used to do. It's changed so much. Yeah, it really has. But it's kind of getting back to it, so it's enjoyable. And, of course, Wendy and I, we cause trouble in the kitchen, and (laughs) we do it well, too, don't we? Okay, so for those who don't know, talk to me about Helping Hands, because I I think we've mentioned it several times, but really, what does Helping Hands entail? I don't even think we've got really got into it with Wendy. At first, when I started with Helping Hands, it was Wendy, myself, and Peggy Chestnut, and well, she, yeah, Shirley, and then Frederick helps out when she can, okay. um, just helping what we could, uh, the dinners at the church or the meals on Sunday, on that second Sunday, we'd be in the kitchen and doing that stuff. Um, we went to Harmony Village, thank you. We would go there, I think maybe every other month we would try and do something there with them and provide a meal. And part of the birthday cards, Christmas cards, the college sending the snacks to the college kids at test time. It's just basically what it was, was helping hands. So we'll put a plug in And right sometimes now. I'm not available either, but... Are you looking to add? Yeah. Wendy really needs help. I mean, as far as, like, kitchen stuff. I cannot light that stove in the kitchen. Oh, my gosh. I, I read Chris the light for me. And I thought, what the heck does all this mean? Well, that, and then you've got to get, go you've gotta get down on it's your knees. Down. Well, when you have two new knees, it's not pretty me getting up, so I don't get down. Well, let's do a plug. So if you're so, out there listening and thinking, I would really like to get involved and help without having a huge commitment or yeah. a regular time that you have to show up every week or every day to do something. Helping Hands could be a great ministry to get involved in. Check out Wendy Good and talk to Gloria and they can tell you more about it. But it's an awesome way to reach out and touch the lives of people. It is. Everybody needs help in the kitchen, especially when we have functions. So that's that's yeah, a fun and easy way. They have a lot of fun and they bless a lot of people. So check that out. Helping hands. Talk to Wendy Good or Gloria Pitt. Yeah. You know, and it can be even be men. It doesn't have to be women. You tell them, Gloria. That's right. Guys, some hands. Uh, yeah, because <laughs> I mean, they set the tables. <laughs> I mean, like banquet coming up Saturday. Carrie and Greg, I mean, they'll be setting up all the tables and getting that ready. So basically, you know, sometimes we do need manpower. Manual labor. It's just if we have a name or even a list that we could call on. So, yeah, I mean, it's, it's just being available to help out where you can. If you're willing to have your name put on a list that we can, Wendy in particular. <laughs> so, basically, I guess that's how my light shines. It's just being available. And I am available. If anybody would need anything, even if it's, well, I need to go to the doctor. I need a visit. And I feel that I could call anybody here. It's nice to know it's but, someone to call But it is. You. It is. And, and and I feel like I could call anyone if I really had a problem that, that I couldn't. Mm-hmm. And that's a good feeling to mm-hmm. have. That you've got a church family that, that's a family. And I reciprocate that. Mm-hmm. So if anybody, you know, needs so. All right. Last question. Can you tell me about a supernatural experience you've had or something that you felt was unexplainable? We were in a Bible study with friends from church, and our Bible study was Monday night. And this was in July, July 21, 75. The Bible study was right up the street from us, so 
We walked. My sister had passed away from an inoperable brain tumor, and she had severe migraines. I started with severe migraines. And I mean, when they hit, they hit. Wham, bang. I was two, three days in bed. Give me a dark room, give me an ice bag, and give me my Darvacet because I'm not functioning. And they came. I never had any inkling or any warning like, oh, I feel like headaches coming on. It was like, bing, they were there. We'd gone to this Bible study, felt fine, walked up. We were doing the Bible study, and I leaned over to Carrie, and I said, we got to get home now. I said, it's hitting me. Just in a matter of minutes, I said, I can't walk home. You're going to have to go get the car. I can't walk home. And, of course, Carrie told the group, he said, you know, Gloria's got a migraine. It's bad. It was to the point where I had to lay down in the family's couch, and they all came over and laid hands on me and started praying. I got goosebumps right now. And this washing water just started from my head down to my toes. I just said, thank you, Lord. We walked home. I haven't had a migraine since. And when I share that story, I still get the goosebumps. I can still feel that water just rushing. I mean, it just felt like I was in a waterfall, and it just started from my head and went right down to my toes. And you have never had... And I've never had a migraine since. I'm sensitive to light, which is why I really don't like driving at night because of the headlights. Yeah. I got up from there, and he said, are you okay? And I said, I'm fine, but let's walk home. I said, I can walk home. And I've never had a migraine since. That's crazy. Mm -hmm. It really is. And I just praise the Lord for it because he did it. He did it all. And like I said, I can still feel that water when I share that. I can still feel that rushing through. I mean, because they were debilitating. I would imagine you'd have you would have a lot of anxiety with those too, knowing that your sister. Well, yeah, because my sister had it, and I thought, okay, you know, are these starting because I'm thinking about my sister? That was seventy five, but she died in seventy eight. So, I mean, it was even before, you know, I'd had headaches, but I never had the migraines. So when someone said they have a migraine, it's like, I feel you. I know exactly. That's amazing. No headache, no migraines. I am, that was a biggie. Touched by the Lord. That was a biggie. I love testimonies about that because I feel like when we hear other people's testimonies, it shouldn't evoke a situation where you're like, oh, that's nice for you. I'm glad God did that for you. But it's really an invitation to invite him into your circumstances, Mm -hmm. because if he does it for one person, he can do it for another person. So I always, when I hear testimonies about things that I'm dealing with, I'm like, I am inviting you in to do the same thing in my life. Yeah. So if you're out there and you are struggling with migraines, I just encourage you to grab some faith and some hope in Gloria's story about the Holy Spirit just washing over from the top of her head to the bottom of her feet, feeling like 
rushing water and being healed of her migraines and them never coming back. And that was in 75. So I just would go to see Gloria on a Sunday morning and be like, hey, pray for me. (laughs) Well, see, this is it. At Tabernacle, we had a very large group of older Christians that had such power, such faith and power in their prayers. There were a lot of them that were in this Bible study that we had. There were many times we would put somebody in a chair that was having a problem. And, you in know, the hot seat. Yep, yeah, they got in the hot seat. Well, how about we But just, I wasn't in the hot seat. I was how, on the hot couch. How about we do that right now? If you are out there struggling with migraines, Gloria's going to pray for you. Oh, I am, am I? I like this. Oh, you like this? Yeah, can we start doing this with, like, everybody we have in? Yeah. No one's going to come on the podcast anymore. Probably not. Sorry, go ahead. You're already here, though. (laughs) Yeah, I'm already here. They've got me me in the hot seat right now. But anyway, Lord, I feel that rushing water just coming over me right now, too, Lord. So, Lord, just watch out for these ones that do suffer from migraines. Lord, you are all-powerful. You are all-healing. Let that river of rushing water just run over these people that suffer from migraines, Lord, because they can be healed instantly, Lord. And they will always remember that feeling of that rushing water coming over them and knowing that you are ever present in their life and what you have done for them. So, Lord, I just thank you. I praise you for what you have done in my life with my migraines, Lord. And I thank you and praise you of what you're going to do for everyone else that may be suffering from migraines or even severe headaches, Lord. Whatever they're suffering from, Lord, we know that you, you alone are the healer, and you can just do magical things, Lord. So we just praise you for what you are about to do, what you have done, and what you're going to do in people's lives, Lord. Thank you. In your precious name, amen. Amen. Thank you. And there was one other thing that happened, and that was here. Even though I had accepted the Lord, I had never had uh, prayer language. I had never spoken tongues. I always thought something was wrong with me. One year, and it's been several years now, that Ron had a Sunday school class on spirit class. Yes. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And we went, because I, I was behind determined, okay, I'm doing this. I'm going in for it. And we went, and he said the next Sunday we would be praying for people to receive their language, right? And I got downtrodden because we weren't going to be there. We were going to my son's. The next Sunday we came to the class. Ron didn't have the class that week. So it was still that Sunday was going to happen. So I thought, oh, praise the Lord, let's do this. Everybody got up, got a language. And I'm sitting there, and that evil one, he was just keeping me in my seat. He wasn't letting me up. Services were starting. You were singing. I'm thinking, okay, we'll do this another time. I, You know, then I think he pulled me up out of the chair. He says, no, we're doing this. I says, okay, but I feel guilty because I'm holding Ron back. We're not in the service. Service is starting. But we did it. I received my language. So I thank God for that, too. I wasn't holding myself back, I don't think, but it was just someone that that was just trying to take that joy away from me. Tell us how your prayer life has changed since that time. I am not a vocal prayer person. 
I'm working on it. I guess my prayer time is more on the praise songs. They get in my head, and I can sit there and sing them and praise them, and I'll even go print off the words. That seems to be my connection. Like just saying that prayer there, that that was kind of hard for me because I'm just not a vocal person. Do you still pray in your language? You know, not as often as what I should, but then there's sometimes times Sunday services when you're singing or something, or there's a certain song, and I'll have to sit down because there'll be a certain phrase that'll just come to me. And I make those songs personal to me. I do that with all the praise songs that where it says us and we and whatever, I'll personalize it just for me. And that gives me the greatest calmness or the peace or the praise that I just want to honor God with. I guess that's where my prayers come in the most. I'm on the prayer chain, but when a prayer chain comes over, then I'll go to him and, you know, and then we sit there and we'll lift those people up. You know, and I mean, I do pray for people, but like I said, you know, basically it's when I go to bed and I'll hear the music or there's a song and I'll sing it and then I'll lift up that person. Or if that name comes to me right during the day or something, it's like, I, okay, Lord, I lift them up to you. You're in charge. You know, you know the situation. Well, Gloria, we're so happy to have you here today and to hear a little bit of your story. And we are all blessed by you and Carrie joining our family at the Upper Room. And if you haven't met Gloria, she's feisty, she's fun, and she's friendly. Make sure you introduce yourselves. Yes, Yes, please. Thanks for sharing and praying for us today. Well, I enjoyed it. Make sure you tune in next week for another special guest. Bye. Bye.